All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? How's it going with you? How is it going there? What's happening with you and yours? Are you okay? Okay is good. Okay is the new good. Today I'm going to talk to um, Ben Mendelsohn. He's like these Australian actors. I don't know what it is about the terrain, the air. I don't know. But a lot of them are fucking great. And this guy's fucking great. Um, You might know him from the movie Animal Kingdom. He was in The Dark Knight Rises, The King, Darkest Hour. My favorites, the ones I saw him in where I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Was an Australian movie called Baby Teeth. And uh, Nicole Holof Center's uh, Land of Steady Habits. And I was like, oh my God. What's up with this guy? And this thing he's in now, this series, um, he's playing Christian Dior in the new Apple TV Plus series, The New Look. And it's great because I had no idea about, I don't know about history. I didn't know. I mean, I kind of knew, but I guess it's not at the tip of my brain, the tip of my tongue, the Nazi occupation of France and how to, and how that might have affected the French and what was going on in France, but this is specifically around the fashion industry during the during the occupation with Dior and Coco Chanel, played by Juliette Binoche, who I haven't seen in a while. Have you? I guess she's around, but God damn, she was great. John Malkovich is great in this. Now, no, look, you know when I talk about Malkovich, I do. I'm not just saying diminishing his his amazing chops as an actor. It's just sometimes he's the only thing you can look at. He's the only thing that's pulling you in. He 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 goes for it. But this one in this miniseries, he's a he's he's not low key per se, but he's locked into a, a subtler character. And it was great, great to see. And Mendelssohn is great. It's it's uh, I found it uh, not only a, a, a beautiful story about the beginnings of Dior, but a historic perspective on the occupation of France and just shot well. And I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I, I thought it was great. And, uh, he's going to talk about that a bit and about his career and about Australia, you know, the stuff. Uh, I know that some of you are getting tired of hearing my tour dates, but I'm going to do them because this is how I put it out in the world. I'm in Portland. This Thursday, March 7th at the State Theater, I'm in Medford, Massachusetts at the Chevalier Theater on Friday, March 8th. That's just outside of Boston. It's right next to Cambridge. Providence, Rhode Island at the Strand Theater uh, on Saturday, March 9th. Terrytown, New York, the Terrytown Music Hall on Sunday, March 10th. Uh, Later in March, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia at the Buckhead Theater on Friday, the 22nd. That's close to selling out. Boise, Idaho, I'm at the Egyptian Theater on Saturday, March 23rd as part of Comedy Fort at Tree Fort Music Fest. Madison, Wisconsin at the Barrymore Theater on Wednesday, April 3rd. Milwaukee, Wisconsin at the Turner Hall Ballroom on Thursday, April 4th. Chicago at the Vic Theater on Friday, April 5th. Minneapolis at the Pantages Theater on Saturday, April 6th. Austin, Texas at the Paramount on Thursday, April 18th, part of Moon Tower Comedy Festival. Montclair, New Jersey on Thursday, May 2nd at the Wilmont Center. Glenside, Pennsylvania in the Philly area. Friday, May 3rd at the Keswick and Washington, D.C. on Saturday, May 4th at the Warner Theater. WTFpod.com slash tour for tickets. 
Ooh, man. I, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but Keith Richards has done a cover of Lou Reed's I'm Waiting for My Man. Now, look, you guys know how I feel about Keith, but I struggle with a lot of this stuff because there's a lot of boomers. There's a lot of people of his age group who are artists and musicians and actors and comedians where I'm like, you know, hang it up. But I'll be honest with you, man. There's something that I get. I just get excited. Like, I didn't care about the last Stones album, really. I mean, that Blue and Lonesome one's great. That was a few years ago. But the last regular Stones album, it's good. I'm fine. I, but I didn't care. And I, I got it. I listened to it once. Keith Richards is part of this tribute album for Lou Reed. And they did a video with Jordan on drums and Keith playing, like, all the guitars of the very basic I'm Waiting for My Man. And just the respect that Keith is affording Lou and the fact that out of all of them, the, the entire arc of modern rock and roll, that Keith is the last man standing in a lot of ways, but still vital somehow, that there's still this, this element of Keith. I'm excited to see him. Look, I know he's old. He doesn't look the same. He's got a little pot belly now. But there's some part about the, the sort of earned and always present giving zero fucks of Keith Richards that is... It's, it's, it's an inspiration to me. He's, he's, uh, he's inspirational. I mean, it's an aspiration for me to give less fucks. It seems to happen, you know, more with age, but these musicians, like there's, it's a whole life of being in the studio. That's your life and making things. I'm just out here, you know, yammering on about myself. And I feel like, I don't know, it's not that that ship has sailed, but this is beside the point. I was thrilled to see Keith covering this song. Keith is the heart of fucking rock and roll, certainly modern rock and roll. And he goes all the way up through everybody. You know, I mean, I ended up watching that video, you know, four or five times. And then somehow on YouTube, I got back to some video there. It's like the Rolling Stones live at the Marquee Club in 1971 doing Midnight Rambler, which is really probably my favorite Stone song in some ways. And there's just something about the simplicity, the rawness, the impulsiveness, the, the sloppiness of Keith Richards. It's just the heart of the whole fucking thing. You know, that 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 freedom of fuck you with effortless fuck you and effortless zero fucks is that's it, man. And that Midnight Rambler is crazy. I watched it like four or five times. I played along with it. It's a simple song, but there's just the way he constructs simple riffs where it's like this lifetime mystery. I riffed a little bit on, I'm waiting for my man at the end of this, at the end of this uh, podcast. And there's a, a little, a little, I missed it a few times the way he pulls off of that C note on the G chord. I, I got it a few times, but like these things, they take a lifetime sometimes or hours, at least in the studio, if you're a musician to just, nail it but i don't know man it's just there's something about keith that you know has uh you know been in my heart forever and that's just not music i'm happy i'm happy to see him like my grandfather i'm like ah look, here he comes look at him but he's doing a song about dope so it's got all that extra added menace but the fact that he's he's the heart of it the heart of raunchy fucking raw angry fuck you zero fuck rock and roll he he inspired one way or the other either you know through six degrees three degrees four degrees five degrees separation like a whole generation of rock 
and he's the guy still alive. And like half of them are fucking dead generations before him. Go watch that thing. It's pretty good. Especially, but see, I can look at Billy Joel. I'm like, well, why is this old guy doing? Like Billy Joel got a new song out. I'm like, eh, I don't care. I haven't cared about a Billy Joel song in, in forever. And again, don't care a lot about the new Rolling Stones music. But if Keith does something, I'm like, I'll check it out. Look at that guy. Look at Keith. Look at fucking Keith. I'm going to put my Keith beanie on and play my guitar. Before I forget, I wanted to bring up that my friend, the hilarious Fahim Anwar, or Fahim Anwar, <laughs> he's got a new special out called House Money. It's on his YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Fahim Anwar. Very funny fella. He's been on here before. But uh, go watch his new special. Now, my guest, as I said, great actor. One of the best, really. The new look is streaming now on Apple TV+. Plus. The first five episodes are up now with new episodes every Wednesday. I watched the whole thing. It was great. His movies are great. Ben Mendelsohn is, uh, is here, and I'm going to talk to him now. First off, let's talk about the truck. So you grew up liking trucks. So I um, I grew up all, all over the place, but the most formative uh, time was yeah. in the outer suburbs of Melbourne, which yeah. is pretty sort of rough and tumble. I like I like Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's rough and tumble. You mean like uh, rural wise or people? N- no, people wise. Um, people wise. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the outer suburbs here. Yeah. I mean, you'd take uh, what does an outer suburb mean in Australia? Uh, okay. It would be like sort of um, you know Lancaster vibe oh, okay. or something. Yeah, 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 you, know, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like way out of. And, the and tell city me, let me ask you another question. Do you only know Lancaster because you had to shoot there? Um, yeah, because I shoot there and because I've, yeah. you know, I've no, I know a couple of people from out that way and whatnot. Really? You know? Well, yeah. it makes sense. If you, sure. you know, if you, if you want to have access to LA, yeah. uh, you know, it's yeah. affordable. Yeah. You know what Man- I mean? Ca- yeah. That's sort of the desert though. It's kind of the desert. Yeah. It's, um, uh, we, we didn't live out in the desert. It was kind of very, a lot of bush and stuff. Sure. Anyway, muscle cars were, yeah. you know, the very thing. loved. How old are you? I'm uh, 50, damn, what am I, 53, 54? Oh, that's, so you're a little younger than me. But yeah, but like, because I, I grew up in New Mexico, muscle cars were important, but they, they were real cars then. Oh, they, oh, they were. I mean, uh, you know, I <laughs> yeah. mean, I, you know, I, I, I loved them and I had uh, a Monaro, uh, which is kind of like a Charger. Oh, know? yeah? What, what, what is that, an Australian car? Yeah, yeah, it's a really beloved Australian car. A Monaro? Car. Yeah, Monaro. There, Monaro. Were two, there were two. Monaro was made by Holden, which is essentially GM, yeah. uh, and uh, and the GT was, yeah, was sure. the Ford muscle yeah. car. Wow, I, I had no idea that there was uh, Australian cars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. You, know, you don't hear about that. You hear about Australian bugs and snakes. You don't hear about Australian cars. Well, you know, think about Mad Max, mate. I yeah. mean, you know, like that's that's essentially that, an apocalyptic movie about that's right. running out of gas. Remember, yeah. remember in the 70s? That was the whole thing. We yeah, were going to yeah, run yeah. out of gas. You gotta, people were filling up tanks, getting online. Well, yeah, and, yeah. and in, in 20 or 30 years, that yeah. was it. We were going to be in trouble, la, la, la. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, back to your thing of apocalyptic sure. stuff. Um, you know. So how old were you when Mad Max came out? When Mad Max came out was about, what was that, 1979? I would have been uh, uh, 10. So, we, oh, so you weren't working yet? <laughs> no, no, but I wasn't. Actually, I wasn't far. It was only another four years till I started So, working. but what was the impact of Mad Max on the Australian youth? Well, okay, so there's Mad Max 1, yes. but then there's Mad Max 2, which sure. you guys know as the wa- Road Warrior. Yeah. Mad Max 2 was phenomenal. Yeah. That, that, and that's the same period that I'm living out in these outer suburbs. Right. Um, and I, I, I consider it the most important Australian movie ever made, just because of the impact of sure. that. Sure, yeah. 
and oh. then it sort of introduced uh, the world to uh, uh, Australian talent. Oh yeah, well you had Mel, you know. Um, you it's know. crazy, right? Yeah, no, he and you know what a god, he's, I, he's, you know, god of god of god of our and, cinema, and yeah, god of cinema and general. yeah, and that first one. That was like rough. It was like an indie movie. It was very much. It was the gang, and they were, you know, they were driving around and whatnot. And he's there, and the cops, and he's got his V eight interceptor. And d- doesn't his wife get killed in That's the first it. one? Yeah, yeah. And so it's it's a Lays great shot. Work. Yeah, it's yeah. a great shot of that. Uh, him running up and all that. Yeah, horrendous. Yeah. So, do you have you worked with him? Uh, with with Mel? Yeah. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. Have I, you met him? Yeah, yeah, a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. do you do the Australian thing, whatever that is? Oh uh, yeah, you know, I mean, we, <laughs> you know, we t- you know we talk about Australia and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, he's I, I love him. He's uh, he's oh, he made, mate. He made Apocalypto. Come on, that's a, that's some movie. Oh <laughs> mate, it's incredible. Yeah, it's you incredible. Like that oh, it's incredible. I, you know, it's uh, I what's the other one? The Passion of the Christ. Yeah. Which oddly, even though it is what it is, is a pretty incredible movie. Look, he's in, you know, he's an incredible talent. Yeah. I mean, like, he's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like, yeah, people get all involved in the Sturm und Drang stuff, but you sit back and think about the body of work, the contribution yeah. to, you yeah. know, the business. It's pretty. It, it gets a little, it, it gets a little dicey, you know, when people's personal uh, reputation starts to overshadow their work. But like with a guy like him and as a Jew, you're sort of like, no, I don't know how comfortable I am in general, but, but nonetheless, I can still appreciate the movies. I can, I can entertain both sides. Well, and that's, you know, like, yeah. And that, uh, this new look thing, which yeah. I'm ostensibly here to talk to you about, you know, uh, is, is something which has a similar kind of, you know, people I bring up as a concern and blah, blah as well. But I got to tell you. I, you know, I've watched six of them. Oh, okay. So I'm yeah. almost done with it. Yeah. And uh, it's stunning. Thank you. It's a, And I don't like, it's it's moving and I don't know, you know, where, because I've seen a lot of your movies. I, you know, it's hard, I can't do the whole filmography. No, I, but, I didn't have but, time. No, no, please. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, and maybe I'm wrong, but I, I think this is one of your great roles. It's, did Did you feel that? I, I I love him more than anyone I've ever played. I, like I had a feeling, about, you know, about him and stuff. I think he's about the, Christian Dior. Yeah, I think uh, Christian's the the the. You know, I I just have a more I I adore I adore him, and I I can't do him justice, but I can aim for it. Now know? now what? So when you come into something like this, because for me I didn't know anything about this story about uh, him or Coco Chanel or yeah. and the framing of it uh, about France. You know, during the occupation and then after the occupation, and I didn't even know that historically. Yeah. That stuff. Yeah. Did you going in? Well, I, I knew about the occupation, sure. et cetera, et cetera, but I, uh, about the fashion stuff that going on. No, never even crossed my mind. And I don't think I've seen a better uh, depiction of the politics and the the nature of of collaborating with fascists in in such a a kind of intimate and you know almost. You, the, the survival element, you sort of understand that people do what they have to do to survive. Yeah. But, you know, the difference between, you know, what happened with Christian, is that how you say it? Dior. You say it however you want to say And Coco <laughs> Chanel yeah. and how they handled the occupation. Yeah. You know, Dior being not a known uh, no, person. He's, he's just a guy working for Lucien Lalonde. Right? Yeah, you know, and, a, and Chanel being a known person. But the, the politics and the survival and the sort of business elements or or or... Uh, uh, of of dealing with the Nazis, I'd never seen anything depicted like that. And then the and then Dior's sister, you know, as part of the resistance. I just as a historical thing, and as a guy who's watched enough Nazi movies, I've never seen this element. 
I think Adam's uh, uh, done an extraordinary job of taking the historical record yeah. and uh, these characters and um, being curious enough um, about how people would be in this situation sure. and basically letting us go, you know, go for it. But it's very specific in that way. Yeah. But in a more universal way, it just sort of, to me, the, the, the hook for Dior was about how he feels about himself in the world versus how he feels about himself privately. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, how you survive, how you can contribute, how you can do the best you can yeah. is really the... Um, you know, really the soul of what that's about. But know? also playing all that grief. Oh, yeah. I mean... Yeah, with, with his sister. Well, it's awful. It's yeah. All, I mean, it's an awful situation. And he is, um, you know, he does everything he can to get her back. It's crazy, man. It's, it's, a, it's such a powerful performance. And so it's so controlled. You know, like, I don't know... And I know, you know, talking about acting, but just as somebody who tries to do it occasionally. And oddly, the... You know, the first time I ever really uh, sort of was brought, you were brought to my attention was by, you know, Lynn Shelton, who was my uh, partner, uh, director, film director. Uh, And she uh, passed away. But, you know, she was like all about that Nicole Hoff Center film. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was I loved getting to work with Nicole. I mean, yeah. that was such an that was such an honor to me. Yeah, know, like, that was like um, uh, it, the land of steady habits. Yes, yes. It's such an interesting zone of character that guy. Yeah, yeah. But like when you're doing something like Dior, so what is like what are the like what do you put in your like what was the research? I'm just curious for myself because you, you get offered this role and you don't know anything about it. It just comes to you, write a script. And then it's like a 10-part thing. Yeah. And this is the guy. Yeah. So what do you do? I I watch him. I try and see what I can get. You get footage. You you know, get footage. I watch him. That's that's the most important. With a historical figure. Um, Or with somebody who's real. Anyone that you can play that's real, you just try watching them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A sense of... um, um, you know, uh, just to get a sense of them. You get a much more intimate sense of people. I played Rupert Murdoch once, and yeah. that was my same sort of thing. Yeah. I had an idea of what the story was yeah. about, but then I watched him. Yeah. And when I watched him, it, um, you know, there, there are things that cut across the, right. the ideas that are being put forward in the script. You try to marry them up and yeah. do the best you can. So there's this one interview that he did with, uh, Ed, um, I forget, the, it's an American TV show. Yeah. And uh, Christian's about to open his show in, um, in, in New York or something. Like in the 80s or something? Uh, no, no, no. Way Christian back. Dior um, passes away. Uh, like at, when he's 54. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I had no idea. Does yeah. that happen in the series? Oh, uh, well. No spoilers. No, no, no spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. But, um, but, um, but yeah, no. So, so the, the name lived on forever. Well, thus far. And, yeah. and, you know, you go past those stores and this and that, and they, they, they just they don't mean what they, you know. Well, yeah, that's a whole other thing about post-war France and about the power of, of, uh, of fashion and, 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 Absolutely. and the intention of Dior to, to bring back some sort of vitality. And he, life, yeah. He wanted to bring. He wanted to make the world beautiful again. He, um, he, he really had. Um, he was an incredibly principled person. You know, he he had all all his friends who were designers. Yeah, yeah. He didn't want to tread on any of their toes. Yeah. What he wanted to do was dress thirty women around the world, but that wasn't going to fly with his backers and with the big business. Yeah. So, but he really 
brought in the economic miracle of post-war France because the amount of fabrics and stuff that he used in his dresses yeah. is one of the really significant drivers of the economic recovery. So he, he becomes a, a really, really crucial Oh, really? Figure. So he was putting out that many, enough oh, dresses my, oh to... My, oh, my Lord. He was, like, he was colossal in the immediate post-war period. Um, Christian Dior and the, and the couture and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And the changeover from haute couture to, you know, pret-a-porter. Um, what is that changeover? Tell me. Uh, listen, I'm not across it completely, but, but basically we, in the old days, yeah. right, it, uh, very wealthy people yeah. uh, would go to a design yeah. and they would get, um, you know, they would change up seven times a day. Yeah. And these costumes had enormous amounts of fabric and whatnot, but they would change seven times a day. Yeah. So these designers would make that. That's called haute couture. Yeah, yeah. I, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, the ready-to-wear stuff, which yeah. is what you go into a shop and buy. Sure, sure, sure. That's that's much more mass produced. Sure. So that stuff, the yeah. drivers of that, yeah. um, you know, we were enormous on the economy. Oh, wow. And enormous as well, just on the way the world felt. Yeah. You know, and he was really coming from wanting to go back to his childhood and bring back the best times he had. And the, the only way to connect with his mum was to go out in the garden with her. And, um, you know, and hang yeah. out and garden. Yeah. And so all these flowers and yeah. stuff and of that period yeah. are really deeply imprinted on him. Yeah. So he takes those shapes and those things, yeah. puts them on, and that's it. So, know? okay, so you're watching old footage of this guy. Yeah. And had you done French accent before? No, I, no, I hadn't, no. That's no. crazy. You know what's amazing about this, mini, this series is that Malkovich reined it in. Like, he, it was... He, I couldn't believe it because, like, anytime I see Malkovich, and I've said this before, and I don't mean it as an insult, but most of the time, if Malkovich is in a movie, there's the movie that he's in and the movie that he's doing. Well, <laughs> I, listen, I, 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 I don't share that, that, um, that, uh, that, that uh, view, but... Um, but no, he's know, very controlled this time. I mean, uh, yeah, very he's, sweet. He's, uh, listen, he's, he's the loveliest guy. Yeah. He, he, lives in, he lives in France a lot of the time, yeah. so his French is impeccable. Yeah. He's an absolute you know, genius. He, yeah. he just knows so much. He's so intense. That's just, it's a, it, that's just the sort of... I don't mean it as a criticism because I love the guy. Yeah. I've seen him on stage. I've seen him do oh, stuff. I'd love to see him on stage. I saw him do Burn This in New York. Oh, wow. When, and it was it was crazy because I was a huge fan because I like those kind of guys that were full of that kind of heat. And he can really bring the heat, man. Oh, he's got an, he's a powerhouse. Yeah. He, I mean, he studied to be a director, right? And, yeah. You know, and then they obviously did the Steppenwolf thing, et cetera, et cetera. But he works, he is the James Brown of, um, you know, film and television yeah, yeah, yeah. and, uh, and theater. How so? He, he's working all the time. So are you. No, no, no. Not like Malkovich. Yeah. I'm, I'm like a lazy sort of, you know, <laughs> well-pampered marshmallow compared to Malkovich. Malkovich is going and working on this, and then he's going here, then he's yeah, going yeah. there. He does all these things on stage, opera pieces, this, that, the other. He's got the most intense sort of working life of anyone I've ever met. Yeah. You know, in I, our business. Yeah. I, I, I think about that a lot these days. Like I, when I see people that work that much and they keep working on into their 70s and stuff. Oh, like, yoy, yoy. But there's part of me that's sort of like, aren't we doing this to stop? I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, listen, I, I know what you mean. I've been going for 40 years <laughs> and <laughs> you spend 40 years on sets. Yeah. And um, yeah. Um, yeah, I, that's the other thing that I can't, like I can't quite wrap my brain around in, in terms of the, the acting I've done because I don't live the life of an actor. You know, I do comedy and I do this and I do things that I, you know, like, but, you know, just the idea of like, a, all right, we're going to be shooting for six months. <laughs> 
<laughs> in I, Siberia. Uh, we'll, you, it, we'll get you a good trailer. <laughs> And then it just really becomes about, you know, the negotiations around trailers. Oh, look, all, all of the signifiers of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I've, I've had my moments with that. And it's really, it's truly where the false gods are. But, um, but, but yeah. it's like that is part, that's the whole job is, is keeping your shit together in the trailer. Well, yes and no. I mean, you know, like I, I, I think actually losing your shit in the trailer and keeping your shit together on <laughs> okay. when you when you're shooting is probably is but probably a better that's a better approach. It's like that that scene in uh, <laughs> in uh, 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 Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Did you see that the yeah. Tarantino movie yeah, where where, where, uh, where DiCaprio loses his shit in the trailer? And, yeah, and breakage and goes out and does that yeah, scene, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. awesome. God, that's it's got such beautiful. I mean, yeah, yeah it got such it, beautiful stuff. It's good stuff about acting. Yeah, but it's like I guess losing your shit. I don't know what what it is, but there there comes a point with me, and I think I'll learn it as time goes on, where where you're waiting for them to set up a shot, and then you know, you even if you know, and obviously you do, how long these things take. Yeah, at some point you, you're like, what the fuck are they doing? Well, I think you see because you work with your emotions, right? yeah, and so if you if you can't if you're closing all the taps down. Um, then, you know, it's, it's just sort of all bubbling up inside. Sure. So, you know, you talk whatever you need to talk, you yeah. like, like spout, spout here, spout there. Yeah. I, um, I can't work effectively if I'm not sort of prattling off one way here or there. So it's always, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. And it doesn't matter because at the, at the end of the day, the audience is the, the alpha and the omega of the exercise. Okay. So it really is unimportant unless you are bringing, you're being injurious to yeah. people. Right. Uh, and you know, and it, you, or you can't say sorry or all that sort of stuff right. unless you're one of those guys. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. the need, the ability to apologize properly is important. Is oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. If you're like, because you can forget the effect that you yeah. have on other people. You, of because course. we all feel like it's happening to us. Yes. And in fact, yes. you know, you can be part of what's happening to them. Yes. And once that occurs, you need to be able to go, Hey, listen, my yeah, bad. Yeah. You know, yeah, my of bad. Course. And it chills everything out. And yeah. once people sort of understand each other, they're just like, Oh yeah, yeah. He's just. You're right. That's that's his process. Yeah, he's, yeah, you know, yeah, he's yeah. just. You know. That's his process. She's crying, but he'll, he'll apologize later. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and and that takes time. And then yeah. once once that's all clicks in, yeah. then you're in the ride. Yeah, and you um, you know, you you form real attachments with with people you work with, and then it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It and took me years doing the show to realize that actors don't hang out with each other after no. amazing movies. No, no, very, very rarely. I mean, we we know each other. We sort of adore each other, but it's it's very rare that you um, you're palling around. Yeah, very rare. Isn't that weird? It is weird, but it's 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 a, it's a you know it's a carnival life. It's a circus life. I guess and, so. And, and once you, the show is over, yeah, the, you form up for the next you one. You go you go to your real life. Well, yeah, and or the whatever life real life you just, can ma manage in in amongst those hours. And yeah, that's part of the you know part of the thing too. So you find that 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 being like when you're in your downtime or, or in you know I want to do nothing. Yeah, yeah when in downtime, yeah, do absolutely. Nothing. Really? Like literally? Lift as, li as little as I can. I, I actually just love being at home. You know, like here, here, there, wherever do I, you, I you you know. do. You spend time there still? Uh, no, I, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I haven't Australia? been back there for a, yeah, not for a bit. I was there last year, um, but yeah, I haven't been back there 
what was it last year? Yeah, last yeah. year I was there. No, and I'll probably I'll probably move from here soon. You know, where to? Uh, you know, uh, uh, secret space. Well, yeah, let's see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just leave all that. But you've had you've had enough. I think it's you know I think you know you can live wherever you want really can't well you? yeah I think I, more or less yeah you know, more or less yeah you not know. too far not you too gotta, far I mean I, I want to I, I've I've been to Mongolia it's a, it's an amazing place but I wouldn't want to, <laughs> to have I wouldn't a second wanna, home there yeah, I just don't know what the internet connection's like um, <laughs> exactly. in a yurt so. how do I get a tape how do I get a video out. <laughs> yeah, if they want to see me read for something from yeah. Mongolia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit. It's uh, you know, it's a long way to Ulaanbaatar. <laughs> if you want to rock and roll. Oh, that band. Well, that band. Dude, and they at that time, of the course, best. they are the they are the absolute the alpha best. and omega. We were listening to Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap, the best TNT, which you guys yeah. have as high voltage. Yes, and high voltage is the best. Well, and TNT is even better because it's the Australian version. It's got a better track list. What Does whatever. It? Oh yeah, it's it's a it's it's the it's my favorite of their albums. Oh, and the... then Back in Black, of course, came out. Yeah, and which that's we were where... all very worried about Back in Black before it came. out. I was worried about. Yeah, it was, it was a real concern, and boy, boy, did they come back. They delivered it, because, like, after Highway to Hell, you're like, they're here, man, they've done it. Yep. And then he dies, Yeah. and then back in black, but it was like, it was really a Bon Scott record without Bon Scott. Um, yeah, very much. And, yeah. and, and I mean, look, Brian Johnson's just did an incredible job oh, yeah, sure. and, and the, and the, but you know, the nod, the gentle nods to yeah. Bon and, yeah. and they're not, uh, yeah. they're not sentimental in any wet way, but they're very Australianly, you know, appropriate. Yeah. Um, but you got to understand, like for you guys, highway yeah. to hell, they really arrived. But for us, we, we were, no, you know, we, we was, had, we had years and years and oh, years no, of For me, it was, that. it was probably, uh, it was that first one that's, we got as high voltage and then also, uh, Powerage. Those are mine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, and I still listen to them oh, regularly. Me too. You do? Oh, 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 F yes. Yeah. I mean, you can say they're fuck. so, they're so just fundamental Elemental Chuck Berry on oh, yeah. you know the, you know the, the absolute fundamentals with the rhythm. Yeah, Angus the, you know, is the greatest lead guitar player in the world. I mean, he's. Um, you Did know. you see him when you were a kid? I no, I didn't. I, I I really wanted to go. And in fact, Dirty Deeds Done Ch- Dirt Cheap was the first album I, I ever wanted. And I asked my mum, and uh, she how old? Would, I, well, I would have been seven or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, and you know, she wouldn't do it. No, she got me Little River Band instead, which oh, I no. which I know, and I love that album. I. I saw them on their first American tour, and I and I believe. Hold on, when was this? When was it? It was like it was in the seventies. I was oh in high god. school. Oh and, my god! And I believe that it, the story, and I've told it before, is that I I my recollection recollection is that they were opening for Journey. Sounds right. And and sadly, I had gone to see Journey. Oh, and yeah. I didn't know they're all right, but I didn't know about the power of ACDC because they weren't that out yet. And I was right up front, you know, oh and I watched Bond, and the, and I, I didn't even know what was happening. So this is because you, you know the live album, if you want blood, right? Yes. So it's that kind of period that you're yes. talking about. That, yeah. that I believe is recorded largely in Glasgow. It was um, in Glasgow, and then there's the movie. Did you ever see the movie? No, of them? I haven't. No. In fact, Warren uh, Warren Ellis, the great, uh, you know, the great uh, uh, fiddle player, fiddle you know, yeah. the guy who works with Nick Cave, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thirty three before yeah. that, he is insane ACDC fan. He, oh, he, and I love bon, it. And Bond Scott. Yeah. So, in fact, I got a bobblehead of Bon Scott that I found, which I'm going to uh, give, give to Warren. When oh, I, yeah, yeah. You, oh, really? When I, yeah, yeah. I um, found a, yeah, Kate Simon, the rock, the photographer, she <coughs> does uh, pictures, a, a lot of music pictures. She has, she gave me a shot because I interview her 
of them on their first press tour. It must have been 75. Maybe that's right. I believe so. So it's a picture of them that's never been out. I, and I have it. It's kind of it's kind of an interesting little shot. Oh, I'll show it to you after. Oh, yeah, no, I want to see that. It's kind of, uh, they were so young. You oh, know? no, I want to see that. Do you mind if I take a, like a No, yeah, a we'll, we'll get it. Just remind me after okay, we're no, done. Don't, don't worry, I'll be reminded. So we're, were there other, like, what was the music scene? You seem like a music guy. So you're in Australia. Who are you going to see? Um, Do you know Nick Cave? Huh? Do you know Nick Cave? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't know him. No, I'm, I've met him, and I was around in the in the same suburbs at the time. Uh, Do you, were you around for birthday party? Uh, no, the birthday party I wasn't around, but oh. I also Roland I knew as well. Roland, yeah. and who was a guitar player? Yeah, yeah, and that, yeah. And they were phenomenal. But the thing about Melbourne is, yeah. Melbourne doesn't give a fuck about anything except the football. Yeah. And so you could be in whatever. They didn't give a fuck about the birthday party and all this stuff at the time. Yeah. They didn't, you know, yeah. yeah in general, they didn't give a fuck. Yeah. They care about footy. Yeah. Australian rules footy. Yeah. yeah. So anything else you're doing, you can sort of do in your little bubble. Yeah. And the city at large is like, yeah, whatever, mate. Who's yeah. Playing? Carlton and Essendon are playing. They don't care. They don't, you know, yeah. And so that's, it's kind of provincial? Yeah. But it, no, it, it allows for a certain strength, yeah. right? Because right. you can just sort of go for it in whatever corner you're, you're, you're doing your thing yeah the city at large is you know is yeah concentrated on the gladiatorial weekend game yeah um and are um a, are you a football guy uh yeah no i'm, I'm a rugby league guy because oh. i i moved out of melbourne and lived in sydney for a very long time and then i became a fanatic for a team called the melbourne storm yeah and, and that game's not played in melbourne yeah uh, but yeah um because i've been to melbourne a couple times and it felt like almost like boston it felt kind of yeah you, you know it was i thought it was very uh sophisticated somehow or look it is good it, hip people yeah no it is and it, it was at one moment in time the richest uh, place on earth yeah the gold rush was going up the road there, oh, yeah. which is why it's got that sort of european yeah. you know high high victorian era feel because yeah, that's yeah. when it was making like mega oh, cash right um but melbourne is sort of is is distinct from other australian cities yeah. in that it has a sense of uh, europeanness yeah. but that's in the city and whatnot yeah out in, in the round and the outer suburbs yeah. it's um you know people go want you yeah. and there's you no gun yeah well, I, I just don't want it because i don't want people lifting it and get, you know because there's no guns in australia yeah so you know you're walking yeah. down the street and it's just fists. you know yeah and, and you're looking at each other and you you know you're trying you know it's very much about putting on a front sure and and australians are are, are pretty on each other you know so yeah. Uh, we give each other a lot of shit, a lot of all of the time, yeah. and so you you can you occupy this kind of range of expression. Sure, you drift out of there, you're in trouble. But that gives <laughs> is that how you that, learn to act? Yeah. Oh, of course. And I moved around a lot. You have to fit in with wherever you're yeah. going. In Australia? No, I lived in I lived in Germany. I lived in England. Why? I lived in Australia because my dad is uh, my dad's a genius. So you know, like, so he would go here, he'd go there, and then into the states. I lived in the states. Really? What, yeah. yeah. What kind of genius? Uh, he's kind of a medical science genius. Dude's got a Nobel, you know, yeah. along with seven million others. He's, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobel Prize, your old man. Yeah, that's how that's how I roll. But anyway, he was, was he a doctor? Yeah, yeah. But he, and he was completely consumed with that. So we were these kind of wild kids that just sort of, you know. Yeah, I grew up with around. a doctor, not a Nobel Prize winner, but self-centered. I'm flossing. Yes, that's it. Self-absorbed. So, yeah. But we were essentially, me and my brother were essentially, you know, just left to our own sure, devices. Sure, sure. Go and, build yourselves. Yeah, exactly. So I would That's wander around the city at eight years old and stuff like this crazy shit, which you would just never, you know. Well, this is a weird question. It's probably too deep for... for, for Don't the, worry. I'll either dodge it or embrace it. Well, no, 
know, because like I felt that growing up with fairly selfish parents that you left to kind of build your sense of self without the weird fundamental support necessarily is that you kind of like, you know, you have to adapt. And yeah. and because you don't have a full sense of yourself, you kind of glom on to people with stronger personalities. Yeah, and you learn from the screen. I learned a lot from watching. I mean, I, my attachment to watching movies and stuff. And, from an early age. Yeah, from a very early age was to get a sense of, oh, this is how you behave in the world. So John Wayne, Clint Eastwood. Oh, those know, were Jeff the ones. Br- yeah, well, you know. Jeff Bridges. Yeah, well, because you're talking about Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. The great forgotten, you know, the great forgotten, you know. Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, after he gets the brain injury. Oh, Man, oh, it's, it's so, oh, it's so heartbreaking. It really is. It's just beautiful, and and that great scene where the, he's ordering the 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 uh, eggs, and you yeah. know, slightly loose, yeah. and yeah, you yeah. know, coming onto the waitress and yeah. stuff, and fantastic. Uh, what's his name? The the, the the big guy, the one who's in um, Cool Hand Was Luke. it George Kennedy? Said, Thank you. Yeah, what, yeah. George, what, a, what a gift to humanity. Oh, that guy. What a gift. No kidding. What a gift. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was like, because he was a sweet bear. Yeah. Yeah, like he could go heavy. Yeah. Or he but could like take it of gold. You could feel it in totally. massive And particularly in Cool Hand Luke. So Cool Hand Luke as well. Yeah. Big, you know, any of those things that showed a, you know, a, a, a male, you know, interacting with this hostile yeah, yeah. situation. Yeah. It is where it's a journey for you know because I was trying to you know, I'm working on a new show, and I started to think about you know the 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 guys I latched onto as father figures yeah. in my life yeah you who, know like, who were yours well I always chose you know a- angry drug addicts okay yeah, but in real life oh, like, oh you know, you're talking about as an actual human yeah well yeah. they're the ones that you most likely to have access to because <laughs> they're out and they're out in the world and so you know you you bump into those guys in suburbia and sure stuff, and they're like you know big personalities yeah big and personalities like, and how do you and do that and, and they they you know you're allowed in the you circle should, that's right you know. until you're spit out and then that's the rough lesson <laughs> well f- f- fortunately for me yeah. we, we, we would just get moved on before I could get kicked out again but so, so you but know. so, like, adapting to all these different environments yeah. kind of gave you, like, because I don't know, like, how did you start acting? Well, I, I took it in school because it was going to be an easy subject. Like what, in, like, what we would call high school or what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What you would call middle school, I oh, guess. Oh, middle school. Okay. Yeah, I guess you would call it middle school. Like, were you 13, 14? Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm 14. Because yeah. I start working at 14, so I do a school play thing. It goes extraordinarily well. Me and a group of buddies. Yeah. Did the play. Yeah. Then we heard about a local theatre that was literally looking for spear carriers for Royal Hunt of the Sun. Yeah. And we just went along, did that. Yeah. Then my best friend from the previous school, before I went to America, says, "Hey, I read an ad in the paper. They're looking for kids." Yeah. I tell my group of buddies, "Let's all write in." They go, "Yeah, yeah awesome." And this is when you were in Melbourne. Yep. Yeah. And then the, then I finally get a reply, and I say, "Hey, I got my reply." And and, yeah. you know, uh, did you guys get yours? And they all looked at me and it was that sort of Taylor Swift moment when yeah. you arrive at the mall yeah. and they're all there and, and none of them have gone. Yeah. And then I just went, well, um, okay, well, this fuck is, it, I'll just go by myself. Yeah. And I went out, found, you know, found this place way over the other side of the city yeah. I've never been. And, you know, Audition. I got something from that. You know, it was, a, it was an interview first. Yeah. Um, and then an audition, and then I got something from that, got something again, got something what again. What was this? So this was the, the year my voice broke? No, no, this is well before that. year my voice broke is like, you know, I'd been at work for about three years, three years by that stage. Was it a TV thing or was yeah, it Yeah, no, t- fully TV. Like, oh, okay. I, like I did about five TV shows. As a kid? As, you know, yeah. 15. Four, no, 14 to 17, 18. And then um, the year my voice broke was was also going to be a telly movie. Yeah. They started shooting it and they went, oh, I think... Um, we should uh, we should change the stock and 
try and make it yeah. a feature. Yeah. And that was, and how did that do? Would that put you on the map? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. And then you started acting, but that was the only real... No, I'd been acting for five, five years. But the right? only real training you had was in high school or middle school. It's on, no, no, on the job. On the job. I did a six-month job. It was called the Henderson Kids. Okay. Do, you know, do you know who Kylie Minogue is? No. Kylie Minogue is probably... I know the name. A, yeah, you, you, you know if you're here. She is the most... Uh, she's the greatest pop icon that's ever come out of Australia, right? Yeah. And um, she was on that series, and there was there were a bunch of us, and yeah. we were, we all did the series. So this is six year. months, and we we're around fifteen. Yeah. So we all, you know. So we, this is like the Australian version of like uh, the 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 Mouseketeer or the, uh, the the Disney guy, like no, Ryan Gosling. No, and, it's it's no, it's, it's an attempt to be a sort of um, you know a, a sophisticated children's okay. mini series. Sure, but but the point is, it went on for six months. We were shooting on location and yeah. stuff. And after, once I did that, I did, you know, that, cause that was a family. That's essentially what it was. It was yeah. about having all these people around you. They were having fun, they yeah. were drinking, they were partying, yeah, yeah, et, yeah. et cetera. And I just, um, you know, I just wanted to do anything I could to be able to stay in that, um, you know, I didn't want to lose that. It, you want, in, in terms of the feeling of being on yeah, set. being around and everyone, and it was just like, because I, it was, a, otherwise it was teenage wasteland for me. It was just like, there was no people around. The outskirts of and, Melbourne. You know, well, yeah, and it was just, it was lonely and boring, and you know what I mean? It's just like, when you're a teenager, yeah. right, it, and it's... Rough. It's, well, it's just, it's vacant. It's a lot of, you know, like, there's a lot of time to yeah. sort of doing whatever you're going to do. Yeah. But going and doing that was awesome. And I just did, I wanted to learn so I could stay because I was terrified of not getting another job. So how does the education unfold? So after that. I ask people. I ask, you, I ask you do a bunch, people. You're, like, you did a ton of movies. Yeah, but I, like I would every ask year, people. twice a year sometimes. Yeah, yeah, sure. But I would ask people. I would just try and learn what's good, what do you like, and I would watch the movies. That's how I came upon, you know, the, the classical sort of stuff, Taxi Driver and whatnot. I got the tip about Taxi Driver from, a, you know, a guy on the Henderson Kids. Sure. Started watching that 15 on, you know, 15 to 20 or so. I watched that thing probably 70 times. For know? that performance. Just the whole, you know, the whole thing, the yeah. whole thing. I just got became mesmerized by that film. Did you? Know? But did you like? You find yourself like looking up the method and all that stuff? Yeah, sure. No, the method was completely like. I mean, that was the absolute orthodoxy at that yeah. time. You know, I mean, it, it was all about it. So you go back, you'd watch your Brandos, you'd yeah. watch your Montgomery sure. Cliffs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, your Shelley sure. Winters, sure. Robert Duvall, etc., etc., etc. And um, the naturalism, yeah, and you would, uh, you know, you'd read respect for acting, that kind of business, you know, yeah. And you just, I tried to learn, yeah, I tried to learn. So you did do the studying. I did, I did whatever I could, you right? Know? Um, and and in fact, there was a woman on one of the series earlier than that that put me on to respect for acting and stuff like that. that Uda Hagen, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's yeah. a good book. I should read that book. Yeah, it's a great book. <laughs> yeah, it's a great book. And what did you learn? <laughs> Well, the most important thing I learned, the, the, the magic what if, and to take it seriously, to treat it as, um, as something that was a... Um, what if? You know, yeah, well, that's the, that's the, that's the for me, that's the, well, it's, it's, and I do have a limited knowledge of these things. But no, but it's all right. But what, what, what if, you know, if you propose, you know, it's not a real thing you're doing, sure, right? But yeah, the, yeah. The, the key to unlocking it is, okay, we all know this is this, I'm on set, but what if that was real? Yeah. How would a person respond, la, la, la? Yeah. And that's the, the basis of, you know, uh, that's the starting lesson from St Stanislavski, from yeah. his, his books. So you locked into that. So you lock into that and yeah. then, you, then you think about, well, what are the limits of that? 
And what does that draw? In terms of this world that you're in now. Yeah, or in terms of how you actually do your work. Yeah. And in terms of what that creates. Yeah. So, you know, I think the thing about the method, et cetera, et cetera, from my point of view, just in my little take, is it can take you an enormous way, but there's a bunch of things it doesn't point towards. Yeah. You know, and they're really important things like clowning. Where does clowning take place in there? It doesn't. Yeah. And what's that mean? That clowning is not a type of performance? Yeah. You know, Did you do some clowning? No, but when you look at Jim Carrey at his sure, high point, sure. right? When yeah. when you're talking about Man on the Moon and yeah. the Grinch and stuff like that, yeah. I considered him to be the absolute pinnacle of, of of who you guys had at that time or anyone because yeah. he was the only person I could see that could do that and do that and do that. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. you take a completely different tack. You think about Donald O'Connor in Singing in the Rain. Yes. You know, make him laugh, make right. him laugh. Yeah. Who does that? Who can yeah. do that skill set anymore? Yeah, yeah. It's gone. But can that you... is also fantastic, oh, entertaining. Best. So you, you get from the point of the intensity of the method and the sort of, you know, a, almost a religious yeah. sort of uh, kind of vibe around sure, it. Sure. And then you go, okay, great. But yeah. there's all this other stuff. And um, that's all I meant. So you're thoughtful about it in, in the sense that like, because I remember I I, I was in a, a clowning class or I, we did a clowning experiment where all you get is a nose. Right. And then you have to, and you can't talk. I'd be terrified, mate. Would you? Yeah, yeah. It, but that would be great. I mean, that's that's the point. It's, but it's, it's a like, scary job. Yeah? It's It's a scary job, right? You know, even though I do comedy though, there's something, the vulnerability of, of clowning in that if you, if you have any insecurity about it, it's going to read as panic and it's going to undermine your funny. Ah, see what <laughs> you've learned shit every day. If you're alive to it, right? Yeah. If you want to learn, if you, if you know that you know about this much. Yeah. I think I just thought of that just now and it's going to be helpful to me. Well, it's going to be helpful to me too, <laughs> because, you know, in, in fact, when you go into the sort of the, the red zone, if you like, on, yeah. you know, the speakers are overblowing. Yeah. It's always got to do with, um, the anxiety just coming out too loud. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And yeah. then being able to see it. And yeah. The it, fear. It takes them out. You yeah. Know yeah. What I mean? Yeah. So the, the. Do you want to know the greatest, the, my favorite moment of, um, of sort of saving the world is Sarah Silverman uh, at the Oscars, right? Mm. I don't know if you remember that. I'm trying to think. Okay. Yeah. She's bombing. Yeah. She's going on. She doesn't seem to have anything Was prepared. she hosting? No, she just did you a did. spot okay. or something and she's bombing. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely dying and, yeah. it's, and it's just, it's, it's excruciating. And then <laughs> she says, or oh, maybe I'm just someone who can get up in front of 1.5 billion people and give it a go because I don't give a F. Yeah. And it's just like, yes! <laughs> it's like this instant, it's like snatching massive victory from yeah. the jaws of defeat. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that, to me, is the heroic sort of thing about performing, is mm-hmm. that you've got, you, there's a fluidity to it, right? Yeah, yeah, and if yeah. you don't get too locked in and think you know what's what, when you don't know what's what, you just strut, yeah. what the fuck, yeah. uh, to quote Fatboy Slim. Yeah. Um, you know, then you then you've got a chance. Yeah. If you're going in there and you got your battle plan and you know oh, my character would do this, my yeah, character yeah, yeah. would do that. Oh, your character wouldn't say that? Yeah. Oh, that's strange. It's written on the page. Yeah. You could say anything you like, motherfucker, but one thing you can be sure of is your character says it. Yeah. You see? <laughs> it's on the page. Right there. Yeah. Right there. And that's the problem with the the that's a problem where, where people take in method, whatnot, and yeah. they, they, they take it to a extension where they have the authority over the piece. Yes. And that's 
to me where, you know, where things start to get a bit wobbly and you don't want to be doing that. You want to honor the script. You want to be honored the audience. Yeah. You want to honor the audience. Yeah. And if it starts to become about all about your authority over the whole thing, yeah. well, okay, that's great. If you're, if you're kicking goals each and every fucking time, but if you're not step off, Yeah. step off. Now when you like, like I had Joel Edgerton in here. Joliad? Yeah. I've done more jobs with Joliad than anyone else. Joliad, um, I, 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 Joliad, I, yeah. I only know from an iced tea uh, shout out. Yeah. Um, and um, he he was, uh, he played my brother in a thing, which is essentially we were doing a shootout thing with the cops. He gets killed. That was his first time on. Which which movie was that? This was called Police Rescue. This yeah. is an Australian series, probably in the 90s yeah. somewhere. Yeah. And I've done like six things with Joel. I mean, you know, but he's another guy. That's Joel's a- extraordinary. You know, yeah, and Joel and his brother—they're—they're they're extraordinary, yeah, extraordinary. I, but when you're working in scenes with somebody, can yeah. you feel an escalation? Where you, oh yeah, you, where you, you know, when you're hitting a zone, yeah. and the worst thing is when you're giving it, giving it on the other side, because the real mark of how good someone is in yeah. my in my book, yeah. in the real game, yeah. is how good they are when 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 it's not on them, yeah, when the you know when sure. it's on you, yeah, how good they are. So when you watch and someone and you go, oh my god, there they are, yeah. and you can just feel it. Yeah. And it's just like, oh fuck, it's like magic. Yeah. Because like the thing is, when you do this job, yeah, the best bit about it is you see all these people from TV that yeah. you know. <laughs> I'm serious. Like it's I, awesome. Yeah. You go around and you go, oh my fucking god, there's Larry David. Yeah. You know, shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's still the best thing about it. And I, know, I still nerd out about it all the time. I know it's hard. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Because yeah. like, you, I mean, you've obviously done a million movies, but I did one scene with Robert De Niro. Oh and my god! And it, there was one of those. Mo- it was very funny, dude. It was in. It was in that last Joker movie. Um, okay. Did, did you see it? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. I was the guy. I was his producer, the TV producer. Oh fuck, you are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're not gonna. Oh my god, of course. Yeah. I, you you did a great job in that a little you, scene. No, no, you, that one little scene in the thing, and then the reaction shot after the after. I, I don't want to do any spoiler alerts, yeah. but there's a there's a very distinctive moment, and then Where they I look get back. Your, then they yeah then they get your you at that. No, you did. You fucking murdered yeah. it. You murdered. Oh my god. I, yeah. I, I, that's really okay. It's very funny. I, I'm fanning out. <laughs> Um, because the scene when you're going in there and you're going no no and you're right of course yeah you, you yeah, are right uh, yeah you yeah. know what the fuck is you know what's yeah, what yeah you know? yeah Joaquin made a very interesting decision yeah. and it was a real learning moment for me oh he's he's the be- by the way top, yeah. top of the heap have you worked with him no but him him there's him and there's a couple of others that are just in a in a you know he class of his own we did one take in the dressing room and then you know Joaquin was talking to us and then the second take and I don't know if it was his decision. Or Todd's, he didn't even acknowledge me at all. Right, it's all about it's all about Bob. about yeah, Bob. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it was just like this. And I'm talking, and not even it's he doesn't even know I exist. And then that's when it goes boom. And it, it, it's it, kind it of just, amazing. And all I know is I, I I I've gotten this this thing I do. I, I do a lot of uh, and I've noticed because I don't act that much, but I do it every time. I uh, when we're walking out after the Robert walks out. You know, I, I, I go to the door and then I do one of those. I just look back at him. But I, like I'm so aware of it. The look back. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. Look, they are, the, they are the things you get taught to do again and again. My greatest breakthrough yeah. moment with that stuff. Yeah. There's one shot in a film called Animal Kingdom. That's a great movie. 
Okay. That was a big movie. That was Joel 2, right? That's Joel, yeah. that's Joel 2. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely. The, the crime movie. It's yeah. great. So there's one shot where where David has me you know, like come out. I'm chasing I'm chasing the lead character, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. going to get him to try and kill him. Yeah. And he, there's one shot he, he has me run out of a doorway and go this way. Yeah. Now, normally you run out of a doorway and you do something in the shot. Yeah. I, I just went, okay, you, what? You want me to fucking run out of a doorway? Yeah. Okay, here we go. And I just ran straight out the thing, you know, with no sort of like, sure. you know, no flourish. Yeah, and yeah. and the, and I went. That's it, you know. And he went, yeah, that's it. And I went, oh fuck yeah. <laughs> and it was it, it was actually it was actually a real breakthrough moment because yeah. it was like, listen, fuck all that, fuck all the shot by shot flourish and having to yeah. you know do everything in every shot. Sure. Just do that. Just yeah. run out there and connect that and that. And yeah. Don't fucking do anything in it except run out the door. Yeah. yeah. Because what else are you going to do? Go looky looky. Oh my god, you know. Yeah, been- so everyone goes, oh, that was great what you did in that shot. Yeah. You know, every fucking time you do it, yeah. you don't need to do it yeah but it's a hard decision to make because like i don't quite get that part like but but the fortunate thing if you start really young you're not as daunted by the whole machinery yeah i don't i don't mind it i don't mind the machinery but like a lot of times i don't even know which my which camera is mine and i imagine as an actor who's done a lot of work you always know what camera is not not necessarily but but it's it's also it's 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 about well it's it's horses for courses there are times at which if they're doing multi-camera setups which they tend to do now yeah um uh, you know, you, you don't worry about stuff, but sure. when you really want to know how to use the camera yeah. is when it's coming in and sure. that's where the real sort of stuff is. That's where I think the ability to connect closely with, uh, with the audience, audience. And yeah, not, yeah, 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 that's yeah. where that takes place. Yeah. 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 And I got some, you know, I got some tricks and stuff. I've got stuff that I do around that because I think it, um, you, you know, it's an audience. Sure. If you've worried about the audience, uh, only then a lot of other things aren't important. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. So, like, leading up to Animal Kingdom, I mean, was there periods in, in the life, because, like, I... When, when there was no work and it was shit? Yeah. Oh, f- <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the, you know, my, I, I was, um, I, in, in my thirties, I was like, oh, well, it's, it's, it's done. I mean, yeah. there was a period where it was like, because you started so over. young, right? Yeah. And so I, did you feel like you tapped out? Like you were a well, teenage it, actor? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I had, I sort of just felt like, oh, I'm going to keep going forever and ever. And then yeah. you get to that period in, in your working life where, you know, the classic, the classic, um, actor joke, how many actors does it change, take to change a light bulb? How many? 100, and there are two versions. One to change the light bulb, and the other 99 say, that which should have been me up there, or... I, I could have done that better, right? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. and you know and I and I had my oh that 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 was that was supposed to be me up yeah, there yeah, kind of thing, yeah. and um and then I you know I sat around um, while you know a lot of other people were doing really well and then I was and then I got the Australian <laughs> yeah yeah mate the, you know the yeah. the Chardonnay yeah yeah sure know, sure the the you know uh, so I had a, a good decade or two of that so you felt that that people were oh know. well come on they, it's not like you feel it they don't they don't shy about letting you know oh really. The Australians. Oh are, no, no, no! Yeah. We're very direct about that stuff. And, you know, <laughs> Australians sort of a true socialist um, communication country. Anyone can talk to anyone at any time, and if you don't respond, yeah, that's a very serious insult. Really? Oh yeah, very much. I was there once, you know, and I got sent home because I bombed so badly, and. Uh, <laughs> Early on in my career, I, I went back and did well uh, at another time. But, oh, but so you were doing the festival, you were doing the comedy festival. I did Melbourne twice, but yeah. years before that, I took a job headlining with this guy Dave McKenna, who ran the. Uh, it was it was a big room, uh, and it, it, there were two rooms in the place. 
Um, and uh, okay, it's not the Esplanade. It's not the. No, it was, this was back in the. It would have been ninety two or something. Okay, so I'm going to figure it's like the. Yeah, it's like the. It's adjoining um, Fitzroy there. It's probably it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's on Smith Street. Or and something. I and yeah. I took a job as a headliner, and I knew that I didn't have the time to do it. But I figured, you know, why not take it? The guy wanted me, so I I'd, I'd work it out. And I got there, and I just collapsed into myself. Oh, my. And you know who was hosting? It was so funny because it was such a traumatic thing. That it wasn't a hostile firing, but I just, you know, I did a week of previews, and then the first night of the, of the show, I bombed bad. Oh, my. No getting out. Yeah, man. And then the, the owner of the place, you know, the guy, you know, Dave, he's like, you know, I don't think this is working out. And it was so funny, because, like, here's what I did. It, I did the Steve Vizard show. Yep. But there was a guest host. And 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 Russell Crowe was the guest for Romper Stompers. Yeah. So that's when it was. Yeah. So he wasn't anybody but this hot actor. And he's talking about preparing for his Nazi role. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and he's talking about the books he read. And I made a little joke. I said, yep, that sounds like my uh, bookshelf at home. And it just, because no one knew who I was, it just got nothing. Oh. In in the studio, oh. just sort of like, what? Oh. 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 And that, that was sort of the beginning of the unfolding. Oh. The, the beginning of the spiraling. And then, uh, yeah, so I get sent home and I was kind of relieved. <laughs> and I remember the show so well. And many years later... You know, I knew who the, the the guy who hosted was Greg Fleet. Yeah, and I used to live with Greg Fleet. No That's shit. That's the comic. I, yeah, Greg Fleet and I were best friends. Like, joined at the hip. Yeah. Like, and I learned, you know, Greg Fleet and I worked together. You know, yes, go, go ahead. So, so, and I ran into him a million years later at the Glasgow, or no, yeah. at, no yeah, yeah. it was and, no Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah. And he was there, and I'm like, oh my God, you're the guy. Do you remember that? And he's like, of course I remember. <laughs> He gets at home. Flady. 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 The mighty Flady. The, the mighty Flady. Well, you know, he's on his ninth life, that guy. Oh, no. Flady's, Flady's awesome. Flady's, the uh, best. Flady's, yeah, uh, Flady's uh, you know, a complete institution of comedy. And he was an actor. That's where we met. We, I did what, my first feature film, which is an, an uber unknown film yeah. called The Still Point, <laughs> yeah. where he and I played these kind of friends of this guy who was going out with this deaf girl, yeah. who in real life was my girlfriend. Yeah. Um, and, um, and she had also worked on the Henderson kids she was the lead okay. the lead girl in sure that. and that's where we met and yeah. we you know <laughs> we did this scene where they i did this scene with greg fleet and this other guy called steve bastani who's yeah. also you know a complete institution there yeah. we're having a fight you know yeah and all i did i was peter the surfer and yeah. i just did this look yeah. just like a bad tennis te i did a tennis match yeah 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 just yeah. going one side to sure, the other sure. just yeah. sucked yeah sucked Sucked, but Fleety has the most enormous amount of charisma. Yeah. And he's written a bunch of books yeah. and stuff, and we would sit around, and that's where we would um, we would um, do these improvising to Bob Dylan and whatnot. And, sure. You know, oh, really? He, oh, yeah. No, he's a huge part of my life. I, I mean, Fleety's massive. Fleety's yeah. massive. Did you do comedy? I, I did do. I did a thing called Naughty Dad, where you come out and you bang someone on the head. Yeah. Like you know, it, that, it was a, uh, a bit in a sketch. Yeah, game. yeah. It was just sort of that, you know, like. But uh, but all those guys at that time. And then, you know, I, I got to play, oh shit, there was the, um, the, the Matt and Matt's, the two Matt's, yeah. um, there was, um, uh, oh, geez, I'm blanking. There was so Smithy, you were... there was, um, 
There was lovely who did Jackie Jackie Gleason. Oh um, my God! You know, there was, yeah. It was, it was, it was, you know, so you were you know, tapped into the uh, well, the Melbourne I, I comedy was peripheral. scene. I was peripheral. Yeah, and, but you're you know, living with Fleety, and yeah. so you you go to the shows. Yeah, you know yeah, the life. Yeah, all that. Yeah, and and that's the thing. If comics, yeah. you guys, yeah. you're the most passive aggressive mofo's on earth because you you sit around comics. You guys never stop. Dang it's that. just joke after joke yeah, after just, joke yeah. after joke. You know, it's like it's exhausting. On on, on, on. A lot of ball busting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So and I wasn't. I was sort of peripheral. So I sort of ended up getting like, blah, 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 okay, I'm, I, you guys have moved you got on. Lucky. I've moved on. You got yeah, I, no, lucky. I did. That's the thing. I, you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, yeah. know when to walk but away, you did, but know you, when to run. Right, know? but you so but you always stayed in the acting zone. You never thought like I'm going to be a comic. No, I didn't have. You know, it's too too. You know what I mean? Like, uh, no, I mean, and because, but I had had. Um, you know, I, I, things were going. I was. You know, people liked me as an actor, you know what I mean? To yeah. whatever degree. Right, and, you were coming up. And I would, you know, I would work and whatnot. Sure, but. I'd probably come up and, and dipped already. But you said, you like, what, 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 when you went down. Well, that's the thing I noticed about Australia, too, is that there is an attitude of sort of like, yeah, we're down here. You know, like, there, there is a ceiling. Oh, yeah, that's to, it. No, you do it. You do a, you know, you're working and you're at a, at a high level. You're yeah. a star there, yeah, right? right. And, uh, and then that's. Then they're know, waiting for you to fall. Well, they love. I mean, it's a universal game, isn't it? Come on, let's, let's be real. It's a, it's you know from it's it's, uh, no, it's all it's all Rome. Yeah. It's all Rome. Is it Rome or is it just a bunch of insecure fucks who who just you know? It's I wish it was as uh, interesting as a gladiator thing, or yeah. But really, it's just sort of like it's envy, resentment, and uh, and and maybe it's more yeah, maybe it's more yeah, Italian nation <laughs> states or something. But it's all just these little fiefdoms of whatever. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and this sort of oh yeah, that one over there, little cliques, yeah, yeah. little cliques. Sure. Same as it was in, sure. in Paris fashion. Well, they all had their tiny little cliques. It's all the same. In them. It's, uh, we you call know. it. It's like high school. Yeah, yeah. That's it. You never move. You know, like yeah. Does it ever move on? Like, you know, it doesn't. I just had. I was dealing with something this morning where something I said was misunderstood by somebody, and it was public. And then I had to like call that guy and and be like, "It. That's not what happened, dude." Yeah. <laughs> what yeah, are yeah. we doing? Oh yeah, no, I know. There's a lot of uh, <sighs> a lot of advancing, you know, statements and uh, embellishing what they mean and what they don't mean. Yeah, yeah, et cetera, yeah, etc. Et and well, now with uh, with social media, it's like you, no one is safe. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, it's I, I don't go. I'm not in. Yeah, I'm not involved. Yeah, good. Uh, Good no, for you. Well, no, it's just like um, I, I, you know, no. So, so who was your general? Like you did, uh, you were in a movie with Tony Collette. That was her first movie, that's right? right. That's and, a film called Spotswood. And here it's called The Efficiency Expert. Yeah, that's Anthony Hopkins. That's Russell right. Crowe. Yeah, yeah. That's um, Dan Wiley. Do you know Russell well? Uh, not well. No, no. I know. I, I want you all to know everybody. Well, we we do all know each other. You know, okay, we yeah. do all know each other. But um, you know, Crowy's a Kiwi. It's it's slightly oh, okay. different vibe. You know what I mean? <laughs> Is it like yeah. what's the primary difference? Well, you wouldn't um, you wouldn't survive that that much. Um, um, you know that that much primacy vibe. Yeah. In Australia. Yeah, yeah. But but he you know he's got a great lesson. Yeah. He he, ta he taught a great lesson. I can't like sometimes when I watch. Uh, there, it's the thing about acting is that the guys like you who are great at it, like you, and and Russell and Tony, and it's just there is a magic to it. Like I can't like when you watch Gladiator, you know, and you realize that this is just this guy, but somehow or another, through some genetic miracle or charismatic miracle, he can hold that space. Yeah, yeah and yeah. when you're on a set, because that's the weird thing is when you're on a set, you're just a guy. 
And yeah. to know that you're holding that space or to, to, and then just to talk naturally, how the fuck do you do that? And you all do it, that you're holding this space. And, and it's, I mean, some of it's a skill, but a lot of it is just personal magic. Well, in Australia, it's a very egalitarian society, right? So if you go out onto a set, the crew owns the set. Right. The actors don't right. own the set. Yeah. Here, you go out onto a set, it's very clear. The yeah. actors kind of, you know, the actors have a, a, sure. have a much... You're the ones making the money. So so in Australia, you you have to be able to fit in with the, with the bunch and get the vibe yeah. and do whatever it is. You've got to take your own blip, 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 yeah. and then take your space, you yeah. know, clear the space away. And there are different, you know, there are different methods for that. Tony yeah. Collette is extraordinary. Um, and Russell's got his way yeah. and I've got my way. And you just find a way to make it safe and enough Joel, for yourself. And Heath. Uh, and and uh, Heath, be- beautiful Heath. I mean, my goodness, boy, that, I mean, what ex- extraordinary, what a horrible, horrible loss. Were you guys friends? Uh, what again? No, yeah. he, 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 he was, no, he's, he's younger than me you know, yeah. and, and whatnot, but you know, I, I, I knew him and I, I, he, you know, I stayed at his place for a bunch of time and, and whatnot. And, um, yeah, it's just, yeah. just, just horrible, you know? Yeah. Um, terrible. What amazing talent. Yeah. Could have done so much more. Yep. That's, but, but there is something about the Australian actors like uh, Kate Blanchett and uh, Nicole I talked to. Yeah. Well, I think we get, we get exposed to a lot of English stuff. We get exposed to a lot of American stuff. Eric Banner is he? Eric, Eric, absolutely. And he comes through comedy. He does. Yeah. Not for that long, but he did, right? Yeah, I mean Chopper. Yeah, you know, Chopper, Chopper is awesome. It's a crazy you know, movie. <laughs> Chopper is, you know, like he's incredible in it. Yeah. Just incredible in it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But it, you think it has something to do? Because I've always, I've, it's sort of one of those mysteries that I've tried to understand. You want to know, know to what solve. it is? Yeah. The social gravity over there is heavier. Yeah. When you get over here, the social gravity is much lighter. And that's why we can sort of, we do, we do, we do well over here comparatively because it's like, oh my God. I don't have to answer for everything at every moment to everyone. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Because America has a true freedom. I mean, you really are the freest country that I've ever been in. Yeah. And it has very different implications. And it has really profound implications for um, the scope for achievement and success and all that. Whatever, yeah. all that shit that they were hoping to get. Yeah. They got it more right, I think, than most other places uh-huh. where there's a more of a limit, you know, an exterior limit kind yeah. of vibe. Yeah. Now, obviously, you guys have your own kind of stuff around that. But that sense of we are free yeah. is really profoundly different. Like, for instance, you guys will sit down and talk about your therapy, your sure. health problems. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, we, we wouldn't have. You just quietly die. We, no, we, no, we talk about it in you know in, yeah. in intimate situations. Sure. In, but to talk about it and sitting in a cafe loud and saying, yeah. you know, I went to see my therapist the other day. He seems to think I have a problem with autoeroticism. What's yeah. it, what's that? And to us, it's like, oh my god, shame attack, shame attack. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. We wouldn't, you know. It's like so. It just has implications. Sure. And and you can learn a lot, you know, just by doing that stuff. Yeah. And yeah, so it, we're a, pre-trained and whatnot. Oh, the other thing is yeah. a lot of us come from working class situations. Sure. Now, there's not a lot of easy sort of opportunities to do, you know, drama and whatnot. Right. If you're just a, 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 a person somewhere, you know what I mean? Sure. Now, yeah, but also like there there is an indulgence here. 
that like, you know, that same character you just did at the coffee shop is, you know, five minutes away from being the most annoying person on the planet. I'm in. I'm in. But therein lies the magic, you know? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. The the culture of narcissism has its benefits. Well, yeah, yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> yeah. so, you know, self, in, you know, like sure. enlightened, well, sure. or unenlightened self-interest. So when, like, when, when... <laughs> When you were having these times where you weren't getting work, did you have a, like, it happiest times of my life in some way. They really were. They were. I had a girlfriend. I had a dog. We used to walk around. It, it was actually a really. But you didn't have a plan B, did you? No plan B. Yeah. No so plan you're kind of like, was there moments where you're like, well, fuck. No, there, there was. I, I, had a, I had a time limit on it. I'm like, oh, well, I, I guess I'll just hang out for another two years, see what happens. Yeah. And then the two years came and went. I, still, I didn't have a plan. I thought I will give it another. I'll give myself an extension. Do you feel more, you feel more, uh, you have job security now? Or is it still a no, no? But I no, but I you know I, I I have a sense that in some way or somehow you know I can work. You know, was the Batman the break a big break? They, they've all been huge breaks. Like the, Batman was a huge break, but but Joel Schumacher when Joel Schumacher hired me, yeah, that because Joel traditionally you know if Joel Schumacher hired you, you were going to go on to have a career. Which film was that? That was uh, Trespass, which is, you know, you can, you you don't need to see it necessarily, but that was a really big one for me. Also, Terry Malick used me in a a film that, that was, so there were little clues, but by the time I got to, um, what is it? Bloodline and then Place Beyond the Pines and then Killing uh, Them Softly. You were great in Place Beyond once the Pines. I got a, once yeah. I got a sense that there was a one-two punch sort of thing going on, things started to feel good. But I look back yeah. and realize how how tenuous everything is. And, sure. You know, yeah. it's unbelievable to make it. I got to watch Place Behind the Pines again. Yeah, it's um, I, you know, Derek San France, and I really want to do something with him again. I, I, I it's love really that. kind of a special movie, and I I was thinking about it the other day, you know, to watch it again. He um, so he he did the the most uh, genius thing that that I've ever seen a director do, which is, and he lived in a trailer in that movie. I lived in a trailer in that <laughs> so movie, he, but but yeah. but Ryan Ryan and I Ryan yeah. and I were both playing tough guys right? yeah. that was the original thing so we turned up on on set we did the first day of yeah. work and we were doing this driving scene and it and it sucked yeah. because you had the two guys the two toughest men in the world yeah, right yeah. next to each other yeah and we're saying stuff like yeah what are you doing mate i'm like shut up i'll stab you i'm like i'll fucking kill you yeah. and we're just going back and it sucked <laughs> and derek then said listen this this is um we gotta re- i mean i don't really love what i've written with this stuff anyway yeah. and why don't we just flip it around? Why yeah. don't we just go, this guy comes from here. He sees this guy. I mean, look at him. He's beautiful. Look, yeah. and he's got these face tats and this, that. I mean, why don't you go, why don't you just be a dude that's around there, done crime, does crime, but he sees this guy out riding a bike and he thinks, oh, I like that guy. Maybe you even want to really like that guy. Yeah. He said, what do you think about that? And I went, fucking awesome. And so we went back on and I, the whole thing flipped. And for a day or two, it was still, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And then all of a sudden, I think one day he said, I'll, I'll stab you. And I said, no, you won't. And he just started laughing. And then we broke open and we just were like two kids playing. And yeah. that whole magical vibe that goes on in there yeah. is because we were having the best time. Yeah. It was, a, it really is one of the best experiences. And it was low budget it was kind of you know scrappy but 
it was heaven. It yeah. was real, real heaven that time. And and it really comes through, you know. Because Ryan was able to kind of show up well, and play, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we felt safe yeah, with each yeah, other yeah. and we weren't sort of, you know, we weren't trying to compete against yeah. each other or outdo yeah. each other yeah. and we just found a way to sort of goof around. And I and I love I love Ryan. And, I, I, and then Ryan was directing a film. He asked me to come and do that. Yeah. I went and did that. And that was, you know, that was awesome. And I didn't know much of Ryan's stuff. I knew, I knew his rep and whatnot, but I hadn't seen anything of Ryan. He's always pretty surprising. Oh, he's awesome. Very I mean, funny. He can be very funny. Oh, he's look, he's he's got enormous range of you know, that's the thing. He's he's probably the most valuable romantic lead, you know, in in you know, like incredibly valuable yeah. in that role. Right? Yeah. But you know, he's a guy that wants to do clearly wants to, you know, be able to show more and do more. He can clown it up pretty good that Oh, guy. absolutely. You know, that was that movie that though I think I saw that. Baby Teeth. Baby Teeth. That's that, that's crazy movie. That's that's my favorite film of mine that I've ever done. That I've seen. It's, that I've seen. It's it's kind of a, a an amazing movie. Yeah, that's my favorite movie that I've ever that I've Why? seen. What was I've, it about? Because it? it it's got um because it's got all the Australian virtues. It's got a big heart. It laughs at itself. It cares about its people. It's got um an ease about it. It's got a very muscular uh, femininity to it. Yeah. And I just, uh, I, I love it. It's, and you know, it's got, um, it's got the greatest, uh, one of the greatest power, li- power lifting actors anywhere on earth, Essie Davis. Yeah. Um, Toby, the Toby who's playing Moses, yeah. his character is a drug addict. My character's supplying him. Right. Because my daughter is in love with him and is only really alive through that. Yeah. So it deals with what are pretty black and white circumstances yeah. with great relativity, which yeah. is also an Australian virtue. Yeah. And it can sometimes be a real problem, but yeah. it's, um, but you know, in essence, Australia, Australia f- seeks to understand rather than condemn. You know, it has a big heart. Well, that's good. That's not really uh, happening here. No, that's much. not. That's not necessarily the same here. But but what you do have here is is real clarity, which you know, and so it's a trade off. Yeah, think. yeah. And we, you know, there's a good. I don't know if there's a good meeting place, but that's my conception of it anyway. Yeah, well, we'll see how it all falls out in the next six months or so. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's yeah. But look, you know, we've been worried. You know, we as this species has been worried about the end for, you know, more than <laughs> yeah. more than two thousand years. Sure. Well, more. Yeah. So, well, I think that's good. That's optimistic. Yeah. yeah I know, mean, why is it, why are we so special that it's happening right now? Every generation, I sure, think. Sure. Sure. I, I think I'm like oddly, I feel uh, like even if it's uh, an, an atmospheric river here, I, I'd much rather water than fire. I mean, and, 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 uh, but I think politically I panic more than I do about the end of the world environment. Yeah. 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 Especially after watching, you know, the, the new look, because, you know, one thing it really explores is how quickly a population can turn against itself. Absolutely. And And it's terrifying. And how do you live in that? How do you, and who are you in that? That's right. And how can you be in that? And I do love the universe of the universality of that. That's what I think is it's, uh, it's it's one of its great strengths. But first and foremost, it entertains and it, and it holds. And that's, that's, that's the alpha. And it's shot beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a quality product. And it was great talking to you, sir. Lovely to talk to you. Do you feel good about it? Yeah, I feel like it's another milestone. You know, thing, you know things are going well when you turn up here. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> well, it gl- is what it is. I'm glad to be that guy. It's important. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you. That was fun. 
I like those Australian fellas. Uh, the first five episodes of The New Look are streaming now on Apple+. Plus. New episodes premiere on Wednesdays. Hang out for a minute. Hey, folks. This episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. You know all those times you've heard guests sneeze on the show. Well, actually, you don't hear any of that because we cut the sneezes out when we're editing. But take my word for it, people definitely sneeze in here, and when they do, I've got a box of Kleenex on the table right in front of them so they can use one and get right back to business. And here's what Kleenex means to me, a tissue that will hold up. We've all used those other tissues that you blow holes right through. When I see Kleenex, I know that tissue is up for the job. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Folks, we've got a special episode for you on Wednesday this week, a show with this year's Oscar nominees who have been on WTF in the past. That's not just the recent talks we've had with people like Mark Ruffalo and Lily Gladstone, but ones with nominees like Jeffrey Wright and Jodie Foster, too. And I think as a fairly well-adjusted person, even though I'm crazy about certain things like right. my computer, I've survived intact by coming up with um, a scuba mask you know, for yeah. lack of a better word, you know, right. I have a read that allows me to breathe. Right. And, um, uh, I, I, those survival, those survival tools are important mm. in order to, uh, in order for somebody to become a whole person. Right. Yeah. It, and it's hard. It can take a, 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 a long time to become a whole person. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not even sure I'm there yet. Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> I, I, me neither. I feel that all the time. Like, you know, yeah. am I, am I me? Well, the worst is when, as you get older, I just start feeling like I start seeing other people that are blowhards yeah. or people that are like super selfish and completely self-absorbed. And, you know, and I'm just like, I, I was like that too. I'm still like that. That's awful. Oh no. No, you, you're able to really be humble and be humbled by uh, your consciousness. Right. Well, you know what I, I stopped doing is like, you know, I started embracing the, uh, the, the phrase, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like, you know, like if I don't know something, I'm going to say it, you know, as opposed to pretend I know it or, or yes. kind of, you know, half ass the answer. I'm just like, nah, yeah. I don't fucking know. I, you know, <laughs> We'll have that episode for you on Wednesday, and our regular Thursday episode has comedian Rory Scovel. Uh, he's back for another talk. Funny special. We'll also have some more Oscar talk in the full Marin bonus episodes this week. Go to the link in the episode description to sign up or go to WTFPod.com and click on WTF+. And a reminder before we go, this podcast is hosted by ACAST. You'll notice when on the, the C note pull-off, on the G chord. There's not an extra beat there. I, I, I hit it sometimes.
Boomer lives. Monkey and the Fonda. Cat angels everywhere.